Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts. This is series two, episode 336 of this daily study podcast. Thank you once again for joining us as we, can, as we begin our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials. Starting in uh, November the 30th to December the 6th, Moroni chapters 1 to 6 to keep them in the right way. And today we are going to... Um, Begin with Moroni chapter 1. Disciples of Jesus Christ remain faithful despite opposition, although we may well be ending up going into the next couple of chapters. We could end up reading the first half of the chapters of Moroni, chapters 1 to 6 in this session, depending on how things go. Um, not going to try and complete it all too much, but uh, these are quite short chapters. But what is interesting about this book of Moroni is that Moroni clearly was not planning to write this um, back in when he was finishing off the book of um Mormon, as in the, his father's book within this record. Um, and he didn't set out, I imagined, and or plan to just finish off a couple of chapters of his father's part of the record and then, you know, put in the record and abridge the record of the Jaredites uh, and then have his own like, 10 chapters or sections within the end of this book. I don't think that was ever his intention. Um, and to be honest, that's not just my thoughts. That is what he literally writes down in... Um, Moroni chapter 1, verse 1, he says, Now I, Moroni, having made an end end of bridging, abridging the account of the people of Jared, I had not supposed not to have written, I had supposed not to have written more, but I have not yet, as yet perished, and I make not myself known to the Lamanites, lest they destroy me. So he clearly wasn't intending to be able to write this part of the record, and yet the Lord preserved him so that he would be able to write this part. So as we continue reading through the book of Moroni, let's remember that he has been preserved from um, the end of being able to complete this record um, beyond finishing his father's record, beyond abridging the, the record of the Jaredites so that he could record these things down. What is interesting as well is that um, when you look at the original edition of the Book of Mormon in 1830, um, the, the record looks very different. There are no footnotes. Um, the chapters themselves are very different. So, for example, in First Nephi chapter 1, that isn't chapter 1 in the original. Uh, I believe chapter 1 goes right up to, I think, um, building the boat or, or perhaps just past Lehi's dream. Anyway, the, the, the original chapters are much longer and, and much less specified uh, in the original Book of Mormon. But when you look at the original Book of Mormon, there is one part of the Book of Mormon that has stayed the same in terms of its chapters and its chapter breaks. And it's the Book of Moroni. Which is, which is bizarre considering how short these first few chapters are in the book of Moroni. And yet they were put, done like that on purpose. Um, and so let's make sure we take into consideration each chapter and, and the meaning and the importance of having these chapters in here. Um, Moroni chapter 1 verse 3. Moroni says, And I, Moroni, will not deny the Christ. Wherefore, I wonder whithersoever I can for the safety of my, mine own life. Now, this is obviously a wonderful example to us by the, by Moroni. He is a disciple of Christ first and foremost. And if he is captured, it, you know, it would be very easy if he was captured to just deny Christ. Say, you know, I don't believe him. And he may well have been allowed to live and depart from the Lamanites. But he will not deny the Christ. There is nothing that could stop him from, from not. There is nothing that will make him deny the Christ. Um, 
in, in, the, in the Come Follow Me manual, it says this, for some people, it's easier to be faithful in times of ease and comfort. But as disciples of Jesus Christ, we must remain faithful even when we face trials and opposition. As you read Moroni chapter 1, what inspires you about Moroni's faithfulness to the Lord and to his calling? How can you follow his example? I mean, again, you know, to, to complete this record, which has been the product of a thousand years of Nephite history, um, and to do so whilst being chased and on the run by, by Lamanites, fearing for his life. You know, we sometimes we struggle to do to go out and do our ministering um our ministering um assignments because you know we've had a bit of a long day at work. Uh, I think whilst I don't want to trivialise our, our difficulties and our trials, because our trials can indeed be great, um sometimes I think that we we forget just how fortunate we are in our lives to have some of the things which we have to support and bless us. Um, President Gordon B. B. Hinckley said this, quote, It was so with the other prophets of the Old Testament. The burden of their message was a denunciation of wickedness, and the peril of those times was not peculiar to the Old World. The Book of Mormon documents that in the Western Hemisphere that the armies of Jaredites fought to the death. The Nephites and Lamanites also fought until thousands had died, and Moroni was forced to wander alone for the safety of his own life. His great and final plea directed toward those of our day was a call to righteousness, close quote. And as we have a look through the rest of these chapters, remember why, let's, let's think about why he's written these things in particular at the end of this Book of Mormon, because um, it is going to be an interesting uh, number of chapters we've got ahead of us. Um, in fact, Moroni chapter 1 verse 4, Moroni writes, Wherefore I write a few more things contrary to that which I had supposed, for I had not supposed to have written any more, but I write a few more things that perhaps they may be of worth unto my brethren the Lamanites in some future day, according to the will of the Lord. He is now writing this specifically for us, for us today, and I think that that again we need to remember that. Um so Moroni chapter two, let's go straight into Moroni chapter two. Um it, we're talking about a lot of priesthood ordinances now in Moroni chapter two, three, and four. Um so uh let's have a look. In chapter two it talks about conferring the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now I will read this part of the manual as well because I think that is it will be interesting to have a bit more insights. Um, it says, during his mortal ministry, the Saviour received and administered sacred ordinances. Um, however, because of the great apostasy, many people today are confused about how ordinances must be performed, and even whether they're needed at all. In Moroni chapter 2 and chapter two to 6, Moroni provided important details about certain priesthood ordinances that can clear up some of that confusion. What impressions come as you learn about the ordinances in these chapters? And specifically about confirmation, what do the Saviour's instructions in Moroni chapter 2 verse 2 teach you about the ordinance of confirmation? So let's have a look in Moroni chapter 2 verse 2. It says, and he called them by name, saying, Ye shall call on the Father in my name, in, in mighty prayer. And after ye have done this, ye shall have power to, that to, him, to him upon whom ye shall lay your hands. Ye shall give the gift of the Holy Ghost, and in my name shall ye give it, for thus do mine apostles. Now, I guess the question for us is why do why do hands have to be laid upon? Why do we have to lay our hands upon an individual in order to confer 
um, the Holy Ghost? Why can't we just pronounce a blessing upon them and point at them? Why can't we just, you know, rest our hand on their shoulder? Why can't we, you know, there's a number of ways we could do this. I mean, thinking of COVID-19, it would be far more practical uh, to be able to just stand in front of a person and point your hand towards them or, or just even pronounce the Holy Ghost upon them. Um, you know, why, why specifically does hands have to be placed upon their heads? Um, and I suppose there isn't a, a particular specific answer in this chapter. But I suppose when you think about hands, that they're meant to be a symbol of power. Um, and that could link to why we, we need to lay our hands upon somebody's head when we are conferring the gift of the Holy Ghost. It symbolizes a conferral of power, um, a conferral of something sacred uh, upon their heads. Um, and in doing so, perhaps we are also representing the Saviour's hands, um, as we know his hands did so many things out whilst he was on the earth. Um, so I think that that would be linked to why. But yeah, of course, um, these chapters are so important because, you know, many audiences were lost. And that's probably why, you know, Moroni has been prompted now that this narrative has ended, because don't forget, we have, we've reached the end of the narrative now. He, Moroni is not telling a story. Uh, that ended with, with Mormon's death. You'll notice that in the chap, in the book of Moroni, there is no word, no phrase that is, and it came to pass, which is completely a, a narrative tool used by these people to move the story forward um, that they've been telling. That has ended now. This is completely what the Lord has said these things are not in this record and they, they'll need to have these things. So as we continue tomorrow, let's uh, remember that as we talk about priesthood ordination and the sacraments so that we can understand and know why the Lord wants us to have these things. Thank you very much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the study session. Please do join the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me if uh, if you want to share your study or listen to what or see what some other people have written. And you can always email ldsstudysession at gmail.com if you want to join in a future podcast episode yourselves thank you for your time and until we meet again 